You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, contributor to AthlonSports.com, and it is Football Friday. It is September 25th, 2020. We don't have Big Ten football just yet, but there is lots of stuff to pay attention to this weekend. We're also going to take a look at whether or not Micah Parsons is going to be coming back to the Penn State football program for the upcoming season following a big announcement out of Purdue on Thursday. I'm going to tell you why I still don't think you should be holding your breath about Micah Parsons suiting up in a Penn State uniform once again. We're also going to take a look at whether or not there could be more college football on the way. I'm here to tell you it's going to be a fun fall if some of these other conferences decide to follow and join the Big Ten in their return to the football field later in October, maybe even early November. And a lot of stuff is happening very quickly, so you just never know how much more college football we may actually be getting in 2020. Feels great, right? But we're also going to take a look at around the weekend of college football that is coming up in week four. The SEC is back in action. I'm going to give you some of the games that I like, some of the lines that I like, and it's going to be a lot of fun talking about everything that's going on this weekend. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to help us grow the show even more, the best way to do that is to subscribe right now in your favorite podcasting app. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or if you're using Stitcher or iHeartRadio, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts, go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. And of course, when this episode is over, go back and leave a rating and a review if that option is available to you and let us know what you thought about not only this episode, but the show in general. A couple of weeks ago when the Big Ten formally announced that they are going to be playing college football this year and then a couple of days later rolled out their 2020 adjusted Big Ten conference schedule, there was a lot of live coverage on the Big Ten Network. Now, head coach James Franklin of Penn State, of course, was one of the many interviews that they had on during that day when the news had officially been broken by the Big Ten. And during James Franklin's live interview segment on the Big Ten Network, tight end Pat Fryermuth popped in into the coach's office and popped on camera and officially announced that he is going to be playing football for Penn State this year, putting an end to any kind of speculation that he may be considering opting out and focusing on his potential NFL future, uh, as many players around the sport of college football have to this point. Now, it's not unprecedented for players to be opting back in. In the days after the Big Ten announced that they are going to be playing football and then confirmed their schedule, we've seen a handful of players start to make their way back from opting out and getting ready to play for their respective Big Ten teams around the Big Ten. Ohio State has had a couple of guys. On Thursday afternoon, Rondell Moore, the electrifying wide receiver, do-anything player that Purdue has, he officially announced on ESPN's College Football Live that he is going to be playing college football for the Boilermakers this year. And that's huge news for Purdue because if you have watched any bit of Rondell Moore in the limited time that he has had at the college level, You know what he can do. He is a very dangerous weapon. And obviously having him back uh, a year after he had been injured for the majority of the 2019 season, kind of uh, derailing, no pun intended, derailing any momentum that he was possibly going to have as a sophomore uh, for the Boilermakers. Certainly his loss was a big absence for that Purdue offense. But now as Purdue starts to get ready for their upcoming schedule, uh, having Rondell Moore is going to be a nice luxury to have in that Purdue offense. Now, of course, there's a lot of questions floating around right now as they look towards Penn State and wondering whether or not linebacker Micah Parsons is going to be the next big player that's going to return 
to Penn State. And I say the next big player because Rondell Moore, of course, is a pretty notable player. Ohio State's had a couple guys. And Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota, is working to opt back in to play for the Gophers this year. And Minnesota's going to be a fun team. Purdue could be a very fun team with Rondell Moore. There's no question that if Micah Parsons were to return to Penn State and play some football this year in Beaver Stadium, that that makes the defense that much better because Micah Parsons is hands down one of the best defensive players in all of college football if he were playing this year. And there's a reason why he is being largely considered one of the top defensive prospects in the NFL draft for 2021. Whether or not he comes back to play remains to be seen. I still remain hesitant to suggest that you should expect that he's going to be returning to play for Penn State because I do think that the page has been turned for Micah Parsons as he looks forward to his NFL career. And there are some obstacles, of course, that would have to be cleared if he were to officially decide to opt back in. Obviously, he made his decision to opt out relatively earlier on, and a lot has happened then. He's gone out. He's been training. He's starting to line up his endorsement deals. I just saw on his Twitter account that he has signed up for a Cameo account. That's one of those things where you pay players or celebrities or internet personalities to re- share a recorded message of, you know, saying happy birthday to your son or your coworker or happy or best wishes when you get married. It's one of those internet things where people make money to or people pay people to record a message for them. It's kind of weird. I, I never totally understood it, but hey, if it's a way to revenue, generate revenue, I'm all for it. And Michael Parsons is now one of those people that are out there on Cameo. So I, I think he has moved on. And that doesn't mean that he would not love to have played another season at Penn State. I think with everything that has gone on in this offseason, it kind of you know allowed him to focus on what's more important for his long-term future. And as he announced when he decided to opt out of the season, he had some concerns uh, with the coronavirus and his family. So I perfectly understand it, and I'm not going to rip him at all for it. I know some people that may be a little bit more old school are probably having some feathers ruffled over his decisions, but uh, Michael Parsons deserves to do everything that is in his best interest and his family's best interest moving forward. If opting back in to play for Penn State is something that he seriously wants to do, I'm all for it because I would love to see Michael Parsons back in a Penn State uniform. I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not saying that uh, it's impossible, but, and I know I joked about this on the Locked On Big Ten podcast earlier this week on my Monday appearance. Uh, it would be great if Micah Parsons decided to come back and play for the Ohio State game in week two, and then he could officially opt back out. I, I don't think we're going to see that kind of situation, although it was kind of fun to talk about because obviously uh, having Micah Parsons on the defense would be so much better for Penn State when they go up against Ohio State. But we have plenty of time to break that game down. That's going to be a week two of your Big Ten schedule, of course. That's a biggie. But, of course, I don't think it's going to have Micah Parsons in a Penn State uniform. So I know you're hungry for football. You're hungry for Big Ten and Penn State to get back in the swing of things. And I'm hungry, too. The best way I find to cure my hunger is with Built Bars. These are the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. They're new and improved. They've got six brand new flavors. And if you follow them on social media, you know that they're teasing some upcoming new flavors. So I'm very excited to see what they've got in store for the fall. I already say they've got the perfect fall flavor right now in the Apple Almond Crisp. That just speaks fall to me. But, of course, they have 12 original flavors, including a coconut almond, a banana, bread and the mint brownie you know i'm all about the orange one though 
These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. They've got nut flavors. They've got non-nut flavors. They've got something for everybody is what I'm basically trying to say. If you want to check them out yourself, I highly recommend you do so. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you're going to get $10 off your next order. And this promo code has been reinstated. So if you've used this before, you can use it again. Save $10 on another order of Built Bars. And while supplies last, they're going to throw in a free cooler. So not only are you saving $10 on the perfect protein bar, but you're also possibly going to get a free cooler. How cool is that? So again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to do our traditional Friday rundown of all the games that we're going to be watching this weekend. Top 25 games, other games of interest, and the good news is, it looks like we may start to get some more games to our selections in the coming weeks. Actually, we may have to wait a little bit of time for that. It seems as though there's a pretty decent chance that by the time you're listening to this, we may have word that the Pac-12 could very well be back in the swing of things with a schedule of their own, or at least an upcoming schedule. And it looks as though the Pac-12 is doing everything it can to scramble and kind of follow the Big Ten's lead in jumping back into the season in late October, maybe even early November. I think I've seen a couple of dates floated around there, whether it's been the 24th, like the Big Ten's going to be doing it in October, maybe Halloween, or maybe even the next week on November 7th. Just throwing it out there, that is my birthday, so that would be a pretty nice gift to get more college football in my Saturday selections. But even if the Pac-12 hasn't officially made their decision, it looks like a decision was being made on Thursday. I'm recording this on Thursday, so you know how the things go. But it does look as though the Mountain West Conference is going to be hopping back in sync with the Big Ten schedule. They are moving forward and trying to get a season undergoing beginning the weekend of October 24th. And don't look now, but we may be getting action back into the swing of things as well. The MAC has been trying to maybe put some pieces together where they're going to be able to play some college football. We've certainly seen, if, well, if you pay attention to some of the stuff that's going on with those group of five conferences, players in the MAC they want to play. We, see, we have seen similar movements from players from throughout the MAC that kind of looked like what we were seeing within the Big Ten recently as the Big Ten players were coming together and try, trying to convince the Big Ten leaders that they want to play, they're able to play. And I, I always say this, obviously... I still feel like the leaders at these universities have to do what's best in the interests of not just the players and the coaches, but really the university as a whole, the community as a whole. If they feel as though putting a football program out there on the field against other schools uh, and other teams from other schools, and that's going to pose an additional risk to the health of anybody involved with their own university, Look, they have to protect their own people before they worry about anything else. So they have to do what's best for uh, in the interest of the health and safety of their players, their students, their coaches, their employees, anybody who's working a game day atmosphere, whatever that may be. If the decision is that they can't pull it off and they don't have the option to or the, the availability of as much testing as we're seeing some of these power conferences have, then they have to move very carefully. If they are going to decide to play football in those conferences, they need to make sure that they're going to be able to back it up and make sure it's not going to pose any additional risk. And I think we're seeing some sort of mixed results as far as what that means for college football this season. You know, this this weekend, we already have at least four games that have been canceled due to some kind of coronavirus uh, 
outbreak or concern. Uh, most notably, probably the Notre Dame Wake Forest game. Uh, Houston is going to have to wait another week to play a game. We're, we've seen a number of cancellations throughout the season. Again, I'm recording this as of the time that there are, I think, four games that have been canceled for this upcoming weekend. I think the total is up to 21 games that have had to be rescheduled or postponed indefinitely uh, just this season. So it's not unexpected that we're going to see some cancellations and postponements and uh, rescheduling uh, concerns that are going to pop up. And I still say we have a month to go before the Big Ten is going to start trying to give this a shot too. And I don't know if it's a guarantee that the Big Ten is going to be able to get through their eight-week schedule or their nine-week schedule if you include the entire run of uh, Big Ten games in that week nine of the schedule. We don't know that the Big Ten is going to be able to pull it off uh, flawlessly. Uh, we're going to get a first glimpse as to how the SEC is going to handle it. It's beginning this weekend. The SEC is going to get in action uh, this weekend in college football. Uh, of course, the ACC and the Big 12 are already out there, and we've seen uh, Conference USA, Sunbelt, and the American Athletic Conference have been playing. And uh, we've had a handful of games that have had to be rescheduled through all those games. So uh, we're going to get some time to see if uh, the SEC is going to be able to pull it off any better. And I don't know. That's the big thing. It's like I just don't know what's going to happen. So we'll move forward. We'll see what happens with the SEC. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on what's going to happen with the MAC and get an official word from the Mountain West Conference. And we will wait to see what's going to happen with the Pac-12. What's going to happen with the Pac-12 is going to be pretty interesting because it does seem as though the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do like to work together in many regards. And I think if you're if you got a Big Ten season that's underway and you're starting to think about what's going to happen with the bowl season, I'm still kind of reluctant to go there. I, I don't even like to look at bowl projections right now because I don't know how many bowl games we're going to have. I don't know how many schools are going to uh, decide to go to bowl games. I don't know. It, it, there's That's so far removed from my viewpoint right now. I'm looking at this college football season much more on a week-to-week basis, more so than I typically do. I always try to take things one week at a time and not get too carried away with where seasons are going. But uh, this year, more than ever, I'm just taking this on a week-by-week basis almost. So uh, as far as the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are concerned, it's probably going to happen where if you're going to play some bowl games, I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will try to work out some arrangements to keep some of their bowl games. I, I think it's going to be a free-for-all when it gets to the bowl season if we're there. And we still don't know what's going to happen with win minimums. I think the NCAA should just waive them entirely for this season. You know, let any school that feels like they can go to a bowl game maybe go to a bowl game. I, I don't know. I, like I said so many times during the, the past few months, there is no perfect solution here. There is no right answer. There's no wrong answer, I don't think. Uh, well, I should take that back. I think that there are some wrong ideas, some wrong decisions. Uh, but I think so far, from what we have seen, I can't say that there has been anything that's been done wrongly to this point. Again, you know, obviously, I, I think there's a certain expectation that you're going to have to deal with coronavirus to some degree. It's really just a matter of how you're handling it. Are you taking all the precautions that you possibly can? You know, when college students come back onto campus, we knew that that was going to be uh, a little bit of a concern. We saw that at Penn State, certainly, with a spike uh, in its community and university. The latest numbers do suggest that, you know, things are starting to get better at Penn State. And I think that's one thing that the Big Ten is hoping is going to be the case as they move through these next four weeks to get to the start of the season. Hopefully, well, with all the testing that they are going to be putting out there, again, by the end of September, every Big Ten school should have the testing that they're going to need to do these tests on a daily basis. So that's 
that's good news. And I think the expectation is that they're able to get a firm grip on how this is being treated universally throughout the conference. And obviously every conference is going to be handling it differently. Every conference is handling it differently. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say what the Big Ten is doing is right or wrong compared to what the SEC or the ACC is doing. Uh, I'll leave that to you guys. You know, let me know. Yeah, you can always reach out to us on our Twitter account, Locked On Nittany, and let us know what you think about the ongoings of the college football season as it continues to be developed. This is a season unlike any other. I mean, the fact that we could get to October and the Big Ten, MAC, Mountain West Conference, and the Pac-12 are just again getting started, while these other schools and other conferences have had close to two months full of uh, football to that point. It's wild, and I think it's so unique and so fascinating uh, for so many reasons. So I know we'll be tuned in. I Look, I would love to be able to spend a full day of a Saturday watching college football from those noon kickoffs in the Eastern time zone all the way out to those late-night Pac-12 games, maybe even pass a Hawaii test if that's going to be an option. Uh, I don't know how many schools will be coming back if these conferences do decide to play some football, but... I know I'll be watching. I know you'll probably be watching too. Of course, uh, we're just counting down now till when Penn State gets started. That's our main focus here on the Locked On Navy Lions. But coming up in our next segment, we're going to take a look to see what's going on this weekend. Like I said, the SEC is in action, but we've got some other games that we're going to pay attention to as well. We'll run through all the games that we're going to be watching this weekend coming up in our next segment. Time for my favorite part of the Friday podcast here, right here on Locked On Nittany Lines, and that is time to run through this weekend in college football. The Big Ten is still a month away from getting on the football field for the first time, but this weekend we'll see the debut of the SEC in the 2020 college football season. Of course, the SEC is playing conference only this year, and the first game out of the conference schedule this year at noon Eastern on the SEC Network, number 23 Kentucky versus your number 8 Auburn Tigers. That's right, we're all in on Auburn. That We've adopted Auburn as our team on the side this coming season, or this season, and we are all all in on War Eagle and the Auburn Tigers. Bo Nix is going to have a field day here. Auburn's offense is looking to rejuvenate itself a little bit. I do think that they're going to take care of business on their home field against the Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky, though, could be a bit of a fighter here. I think Kentucky is going to be tough for Auburn to put away, but I do think our Auburn Tigers, our adopted Auburn Tigers, are going to do us proud in week one of the SEC schedule. So I think uh, Bo Nixon and Auburn, they're going to be able to pull away and get that cover. It's a seven and a half point spread as I'm looking at it right now. I'd like Auburn to cover in their first game out to get the season underway. Also at noon Eastern on ESPN, number five, Florida, heading to Ole Miss to take on Lane Kiffin in his Ole Miss head coaching debut. I think Dan Mullen's Gators, though, are going to be way too overwhelming for Ole Miss. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Ole Miss this year, uh, but I do think that Florida is going to be the team to beat in that SEC. And I said on Locked On College Football Podcast on Thursday that I've been leaning more and more towards the Gators in that East Division. I still think Georgia is going to be a really strong contender, but I think Florida gets it this year. I think Florida at least gets to Atlanta for the SEC title game. I like what Dan Mullen's got going on for the Gators. I think they finally have their offensive side of things figured out, a little, a little bit more consistency. Florida's going to be a pretty dangerous team this year. I do like Florida on the road against Ole Miss. Elsewhere at noon Eastern, you got number 13 UCF heading to East Carolina. I don't think this is going to be much of a contest. I think UCF rolls here. They're a 27-point favorite. I like it. 
Uh, also at noon, in the Big 12, number three, Oklahoma versus Kansas State. Oklahoma is a huge favorite against Kansas State, who lost on their home field to Arkansas State a couple weeks back. Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, I expect big things out of this offense once again. Oklahoma is a 27.5 point favorite. I think that they cover this too. I don't think there's anyone in that Big 12 that's going to be stopping Oklahoma outside of Texas. Uh, of course, we're not going to see Oklahoma-Texas for another few weeks. I don't think Kansas State is nearly equipped enough offensively to be able to hang with Oklahoma, and I don't think their defense is going to be able to slow them down either. So I do like Oklahoma at home. I like Oklahoma big going 1-0 in the Big 12 play. Other top 25 action at noon Eastern. Of course, in the ACC, we've got number 21 Pitt hosting number 24 Louisville. Uh, Pitt's off to a 2-0 start. They play some good defense, and they're going to be put to the test a little bit. I think Louisville is uh, certainly going to have some offensive weapons, and like quarterback Millie Cunningham, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I do think that Louisville's offense is something that's going to be pretty fun to watch this season. Their defense, not so much. I don't know if Pitt has the explosive playmakers that Miami did, so I don't think that they are going to expose the Cardinals quite as badly on defense, but that Louisville defense, uh, that is not something that you can put much faith in. It's like a Phillies bullpen. Uh, you know, Putting the Louisville defense out there is just asking for trouble, and unfortunately, they don't have an option around that. They kind of have to put a defense on the field. It's kind of the rule of the game. You can't have an offense out there for 60 minutes, although it would be pretty interesting. I, I do think that Pittsburgh gets the win here at home, and it would be a big win for the Panthers if they're able to go 3-0 overall, 2-0 in the ACC, dropping Louisville to 0-2 and the result. Pitt's a three-point favorite there, so we'll see if Pat Renner-Juzzi decides to kick a field goal to cover that at any point, but I do think that Pitt's going to be off to a 3-0 start and move into the top 20 the next time these rankings are updated. Of course, I uh, should also note that the rankings I'm mentioning are the AP rankings, and as of now, the Big Ten teams are not included. Neither are the Pac-12 teams. Any team that's not playing is not in consideration for the AP voting until they start taking the field. I know it's kind of weird that SEC teams have been allowed to be ranked even though they hadn't played yet, while Big Ten teams have to wait until they actually play. It's weird. I don't care about it, but let's move on. Also, one other 12 o'clock game involving a top 25 team. That's number 19, Louisiana, at home in the Sun Belt against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern also 1-0. Louisiana up to a 2-0 start. I like Louisiana. I like Levi Lewis, and I think he's going to have a pretty good game here against Georgia Southern Eagles. And I think Louisiana gets off to a 3-0 start highlighted by their big win against Iowa State. And of course, that would move them to 2-0 in the Sun Belt. I do think that that Louisiana team is for real in the Sun Belt. And it's a little too early to think about New Year's Six, but let's start talking about that in a little bit if they can keep those wins coming along. It's moving into the 3.30 time slot. Number six, LSU, the defending national champions, taking on Mike Leach and Mississippi State. I don't really know what to expect out of LSU, but I know that they're going to be talented enough, deep enough, and much more physical defensively that's going to put Mississippi State out of their minds. I think that LSU is a 16.5 point favorite, but I do think that Mississippi State can probably hang with them for a while because you know that a Mike Leach offense is probably going to put up some points uh, and some passing yards for sure. I, I don't know, though, if they have all the weapons that they're going to need to combat what I still think is going to be a very good LSU defense. A lot of new faces across LSU. This is not the same team that won the national championship last year, but it's still a really darn good team, and it is a better team than Mississippi State. So I got LSU here elsewhere at 330. Number eight, Texas taking on Texas Tech out in Lubbock. Uh, Texas is going to roll up a lot of points here. Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns not going to be stopped by this Texas Tech defense. I think Texas rolls to a 2-0 record, 1-0 in Big 12 play. 
I think the game I'm most interested in, in that 30-30 time slot, is going to take place in the non-power conference action with number 14 Cincinnati hosting number 22 Army. Really looking forward to this one because I think that Cincinnati is a really good team. Certainly a top group of five contender for a spot in the New Year's Six. But Army's not to be messed with. And this Army team uh, may not have enough offense to keep up with uh, Cincinnati, but they can certainly limit how many possessions Cincinnati has, which means that the Bearcats are going to have to be very efficient with their limited number of possessions, what I expect to be a limited number of possessions. So they're going to have to score some points. They're going to have to score some touchdowns because Army is going to work that clock the way they did against Oklahoma, the way they've shown that they can do against Michigan. This is an Army offense that can drain you. Now, fortunately for Cincinnati, they're going to have the best defense that Army has faced this year, and it's going to be a much different animal than Army has faced in the previous two games. So they're not going to be run over, uh, Cincinnati won't. But I do think that it's going to be very important for Cincinnati to at least put together some good touchdown drives whenever they do have the football because I don't know how many times they're going to have the ball and I know that Army's going to work that clock as much as possible so uh, Cincinnati a, basically a two touchdown favorite I like Army to cover but I do like Cincinnati to get the win another 330 game Oklahoma State number 15 hosting West Virginia interesting matchup right Oklahoma State did not look all that great in their opener West Virginia you know I still don't really think much of them just yet but I do think that Oklahoma State's going to have to make sure that their offense is in gear. They got beat up last time at the quarterback position, so I do think that Chuba Hubbard is going to have to be the guy, and uh, West Virginia is going to be focusing on him. So uh, I, I do think that Oklahoma State is going to have a better game offensively. I just don't know if it's going to be something that really instills a whole lot of confidence that suggests that this is a Big 12 contender. I do think they beat West Virginia. I think West Virginia hangs with them, though. Let's move into 4 o'clock. we got number 4 Georgia heading out on the road to Arkansas. This is going to be a blowout. I'm not going to spend much time on this. Georgia is a 4-touchdown favorite, and I think that they win by at least 4 touchdowns. So I don't think that Arkansas is going to be having too many positive moments this season. It's certainly not going to get off on the right foot against the Georgia Bulldogs. That's uh, 4 o'clock on the SEC Network. 7 o'clock, let's move into the primetime. Number 2 Alabama uh, on the road also against Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz... Uh, it's going to be a rude awakening against Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. Alabama's going to be the team to beat in the SEC. Very strong contender once again to get back to the college football playoff. And once they're in there, uh, who knows what's going to happen. But Alabama and Missouri, this is a massive mismatch. It's a rude welcoming back for Missouri football. Uh, getting Alabama at home, not exactly the best draw you can possibly ask for. So Alabama rolls here, roll tide. Uh, much as that pains me to say that, as a short-time Auburn fan, <laughs> that's going to be a tough one uh, to watch as Alabama cruises to a victory over Missouri. Also are in primetime in the SEC, number 10, Texas A&M hosting Vanderbilt. Again, not going to spend a whole lot of time here. Kellamon should be put up a lot of numbers here against Vanderbilt. It's going to be a long year for the Vanderbilt uh, Commodores. That's on the SEC Network alternate channel at 7.30 p.m. And also at 7.30 p.m. in the ACC, number 12, Miami hosting Florida State. I think Miami is going to have no real problem here with Florida State. I do think that Mike Norvell is going to have Florida State moving in a good direction. Problem is, Mike Norvell is not going to be on the sideline. He's got to uh, take some time away after coming down with a positive test for COVID-19. So, very interesting situation. Uh, it does not bode well for a Florida State team that I think is in still kind of a rebuild mode. Uh, Miami looked pretty good last week against Louisville. Uh, D.R. King is probably a difference maker that Miami has needed at quarterback. And I think he's going to put up some big numbers once again against the Seminoles. 
scrolling through some of the other top 25 teams in action we've got three left on the board number 16 tennessee at south carolina i like south carolina here to at least cover uh tennessee is a three and a half point favorite uh if you've watched tennessee in their first games of the season the last couple of years you know it's pretty shaky territory and going on the road to columbia in south carolina not exactly the easiest place to go and win some ball games south carolina can be scrappy i think will muschamp certainly will have his guys ready to go and I'd be very weary of this game if I'm Tennessee. For a lot of uh, positive momentum around this program moving into the season and beyond, uh, Jerry Pruitt just got a contract extension after two years on the job. Uh, and I think South Carolina is a spoiler maker. So I kind of like South Carolina straight up here. And I think I might, I might go with the outright for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Back in the ACC, Virginia Tech finally getting on the field again. Remember, Penn State was supposed to play Virginia Tech uh, earlier in the 2020 season. That obviously did not happen. But Virginia Tech is going to be taking on NC State, an ACC game. Uh, NC State is 1-0, 1-0 in the ACC. Virginia Tech has had to go through a couple delays to get their season underway. Don't know what to make of Virginia Tech, but they are a 7-point favorite against NC State. I kind of like nc state at least to cover that one uh, i don't think virginia tech is going to beat this team by a touchdown but we'll see we'll see i i like nc state to cover i might still lean towards virginia tech uh straight up but i just don't like that line there i think that's a i think that's an nc state line to be honest with you and as we talked about on the Locked On College Football Podcast on Thursday, you're going to get some BYU after dark, guys. Stay up for 10, 15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Number 18, BYU hosting Troy. Uh, Gunnar Watson had a pretty good game in his Troy season debut. Uh, Troy's looking like a pretty decent team in that Sun Belt. And I think there's a lot of decent teams in the Sun Belt Conference. I think Troy is definitely going to be one of them. But BYU, I think it's just going to be too big, too physical, too strong, and too dominating on the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. That was a big difference against Navy. And I, I know that Navy didn't exactly have their players in the best position to be prepared for the season. Uh, but I think BYU at home, regardless of uh, no fans in the stands, I think this is a BYU game from start to finish. I think they out-physical Troy in so many ways and I think BYU runs away with this one not quite the way they did against Navy but I do think that they win this one very comfortably they're a two touchdown favorite I think they cover that one with a good second half push to put this game away for good so there you have it that's my run through of the top 25 teams in action again lots of storylines to follow SEC is back you've got some good ACC contests to keep an eye on and of course the Big 12 is getting some teams back on the field this weekend as well let me know what games you're watching by hitting us up on Twitter at any time on Locked on Nittany. And be sure to be following me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I'm going to be sharing more of my picks with you guys there. And I do this every Thursday. I put out a triple combo of the week. I haven't exactly had the most success with that so far, but pay attention to it. And I'll put it out there sometime Saturday morning if you want to keep an eye out for that. That's going to do it for this episode and for this week on the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. We had so much fun talking some Penn State football. It felt so good to be able to do that once again with you guys, and we're going to continue doing that leading up to the start of the season. We will eventually be going five days a week. I just don't know when that's going to be, so just hang in there. Stay tuned. But in the meantime, we've got lots of ways to stay connected with Penn State on the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. You can subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. You can follow us on our social media using the username Locked on Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And of course, I'm Kevin Wire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy some college football. Enjoy doing whatever else you may be doing this weekend. Stay safe and come back. We'll do it all again next week. So have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you Monday.